Swish. Oh, sorry. It's just me, Matt Rogers, host of the HBO Max Movie Club, shooting and sinking an absolute three with this episode of the show. Yes, that was a little basketball reference. And yes, I did play when I was a kid. For your information, I was a power forward in middle school and I was not very good. But that doesn't mean that around that very same time, that middle school era, that I didn't stumble upon this film that I'm going to be discussing today, this cult classic, which remains one of my favorite movies to this day, and I'm so excited to be discussing it. I'm talking about Love and Basketball, written and directed by the amazing Gina Prince-Bythewood with her debut screenplay and directorial effort. This movie stars Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps. And seriously, I had so much fun rewatching this. I'm so excited to be able to cover it on this pod. Love and Basketball is based on the life and experiences of Prince Bythewood, telling the story of Monica and Quincy, two dedicated, lifelong ball players who befriend each other as kids and grow up together, both with an undying passion for basketball and eventually each other. When they start dating after high school and have varying degrees of success with the game they both love, their relationship is tested, and ultimately the two must confront whether they belong together. It's a relatively simple story, but what I I love about it is it's so specifically told by Gina Prince-Bythewood. This is obviously someone who, you know, knows the game of basketball and knows what it means to be truly passionate about something and have to fit that passion in with the rest of your life and figure out what's truly important to you. Prince Bythewood said that with this film, she wanted to make a black when Harry met Sally, and I can totally see that in watching the film as we do visit our characters throughout about 10 to 15 years of their life, starting when they meet as children to seeing them during and post their professional basketball careers. And the actors are fantastic at playing that range. This is Sanaa Lathan and Omar Epps. They're incredible. They have fantastic chemistry through all of these eras. And surprise, surprise, they actually did date during the film, unbeknownst to their director. They had a little love connection that began before production, which probably made a couple of this film's iconic love scenes either a lot more enjoyable or a lot more awkward, depending on how they were feeling that day. Speaking of the love scenes, this movie is famous for them and for the music that accompanies them. The whole movie's soundtrack is great, but specifically there is a virginity-losing scene to Maxwell's This Woman's Work, which will have your eyes glued to the screen and your ears feeling good. And famously, the final sequence of this film involves a game of one-on-one between Monica and Quincy where they play for his heart to the amazing song Fool of Me by Michelle Endegio Cello, which has to be one of the best-placed songs in a movie Ever. I mean, it feels tense, it's romantic, it's intimate, it's perfect. The movie has a fantastic ending. If you haven't seen it, you really should stop the podcast right now and go watch this. Love and Basketball, it's streaming on HBO Max right now. It also has a great cast outside of Lathan and Epps with Dennis Haysbert, Alfrey Woodard, Gabrielle Union, Kyla Pratt, Debbie Morgan, and Regina Hall. We even got a cameo from the one and only Tyra Banks, all right? Don't say this movie didn't have literally everything. Budgeted somewhere between $14 and $20 million, this film was a hit and grossed $27 million after its release on April 21st, 2000. It received positive reviews from critics with an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes to this very day, and that site's critical consensus reads the following. Confident directing and acting deliver an insightful look at young athletes. 
Love and Basketball earned the following awards. A BET Award for Best Actress for Sanaa Lathan. An Independent Spirit Award for Best First Screenplay by Gina Prince-Bythewood. The Sundance Humanitas Prize, Gina Prince-Bythewood. And the NAACP Image Awards for Outstanding Actress and Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture for Sanaa Lathan and the iconic, amazing queen, Alfre Woodard. This movie is a classic. Like I said, it's one of my favorites. Rewatching it was an absolute joy. And I had to get one of my favorite people and comedians on this podcast to discuss it with me. So I went out and got the one and only Emmy nominated actress and stand up comedian, the one and only Sydney Washington. She's joining me right now. Well, not for nothing, but one of the best movies of all time gets one of the best guests of all time, period. Point blank, period. Sydney Washington, how are you? Besides looking glam. You don't understand. I'm just so happy to be here. It's been so long since I've been on a pod with you. <laughs> I know, really. What the hell? This is our natural habitats, and we've like not not been in one together. They need to lock us up. The thing is, is that, Matt, you're in like a, the 1% of like perfect <laughs> pods. So that's what it is. No. You, no, you, blew, you, so. you blew up, bitch. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you must you must return. And for, first of all, um, I have to pat myself on the back because they gave me a list of movies and I saw this one and I was like, OK, that's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. And then I watched it again last night and I'm like, it remains one of my top films. It's sweet. It was so sweet. I, I was really I forgot how. Oh, like I was like, damn, yeah. does this even happen? Honestly, when was the first time you saw Love and Basketball? I think I was in college. I might have been in college. Really? It. Yeah. I didn't have cable. I didn't have cable growing up, so mm. I couldn't I couldn't mm. get all the movies. I didn't see all the shows. We did a lot of tapes. We, yeah. My brother taped a <laughs> we lot of VHS things. On VHS, lock. yes. <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I like found this movie when I was in middle school because it would just play. It, I think it was on like one of the channels and this movie was on all the time. And so it was just one of those movies where I don't think I like emotionally understood a lot of it, but but yet I did. I was like, oh, there, there's clearly something between them and they play basketball and like I hope they get together in the end. And it delivers on that every single time. I mean, it's a pretty simple story, but it's also very charged and specific. Like the basketball stuff is like very, it's very much coming from someone who like gets basketball. Oh, I'm I'm the complete opposite. I was like, you know what would make this movie better? No basketball. <laughs> no <don't>. basketball. <laughs> would love like, if they take that out. <laughs> let's just have it be about love, love and Love and nothing. That's all I need. That's all we need is love. <laughs> all we need is love. But I'm there's like a part of the movie where like she's losing a basketball game, but then she sets herself up for like a pick and the girl fouls her and then they win the game because the, she knew to set a pick to, to be fouled. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Like I'm here doing basketball math. Like this writer director, Gina Prince Bythewood, she knows the game. And I'm like, she didn't need to do all that. All we needed was for her to score a hoop and win the game. And then we get it. But she had them set in picks getting fouled like you're like that meme of the woman doing math <laughs> oh absolutely where she's like huh though we're Issa Rae yeah. there's like all these things in front of her head yes. but the but yes. the, the best part of the movie is in the beginning when uh Sanaa Lathan is Monica yeah and she's playing basketball and she's losing all the time I was like yeah, this is this might be on point. Like this might be what it is. <laughs> <laughs> she might have to hang it up. Yeah, early. yeah. I was like sexist, but also true. <laughs> 
honestly, from the very beginning, Sanaa is giving. Sanaa, and like, you forget that Sanaa is an a talent. Like, she is a capital T talent. But in this movie, like, she really is giving a performance. Like, you get the sense that she learned basketball for this. And then I looked it up, and it turned out she had never dribbled a ball in her life. She was very much like Sydney Washington. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that I've always known she was one of the girls. She was the it, one of the uh-huh. it girls in Hollywood, Black Hollywood. I mean, you just knew that when she got on set, she was very, very serious about it. And it was perfect casting. Perfect casting because yeah. so the, the, the way her body was built. I mean, from down from Kyla Pratt being her as a child to her, I was like, I loved everybody involved and they did a phenomenal job. Phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, like the whole thing, like even, I mean, anytime Alfrey appears on screen, I am up at my chair giving a standing ovation. Alfrey is the legend. Alfrey is underused, underutilized in Hollywood. And she's giving you Prissy mom, and then she gets a big scene at the end. And I, I was I was watching the movie, and I was like, I wonder if like this first time writer director like sent this script to Alfrey Woodard, and Alfrey Woodard sent it back and was like, you better write me a scene where well I get to chew the scenery and slap a girl. So your husband can feel like a man knowing his woman's home cooking and ironing his drawers. <laughs> Is that really all you think about me? It was giving like that scene you write an actress to make her sign on. <laughs> Wait, but hold on. What if it was all improv? What if she like collabs? <laughs> what if she collabed with her and she was like, okay, so I'm really method and I'm just going to try something. And then that's <laughs> they, they got it on the first take. Tell Sonata, watch her face on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but to get smacked by Alfred, come on now. Alfred. Alfred, come on. You. I would want to get smacked by her. A hundred percent. I mean, if I'm going to be smacked by anyone in Hollywood, it better be Alfre Woodard right across the face. And then no apologies. She's like, is that what you think? It was giving mom. I said, Alfre, this might be my new kink. Just saying. <laughs> Smack me again, mom. Smack me again. So a lot of people that were engaging about this episode, I have, I have um, a segment of this podcast called Hot Takes. They were saying that they were shocked that Monica was not a lesbian. Okay, guys. It's just like, (laughs) why do you have to be so, like, on the nose? It's like, grow up. (laughs) Just because she's in a jersey and she doesn't do her hair and she's got (laughs) muscles and she's wearing corn rolls like Queen Latifah and set it off doesn't make her a lesbian. Okay? Grow up. She just lives for the game. She loves to sweat. Yeah, I actually, it would have been funny if she was more so like asexual. I would like to see more <laughs> asexual awareness. Yeah, I was sort of surprised. Like when they do have sex, she is so all about it. Mm-hmm. Like they're like they're supposed to be in like late high school when they first have sex. By the way, that sex scene was iconic. They're like to this woman's work, this woman's work, Maxwell. Yeah, just Maxwell giving on the soundtrack while they're having this first experience, this like slow sex scene of them losing virginity. And, you know, he whipped the condom out messaging. We love that. If we all could be so lucky. I know. (laughs) First of all, your first being Omar Epps hot, not happening. Wild. Two, Maxwell playing. No, (laughs) I had a mixtape from Memphis Bleak and the song was terrible. It was number seven and I was on a twin bed that was missing the pillowcase. Like, yeah, it was not so beautiful and sensual. No. 
at all. I actually can do you one better. Uh, when I lost my virginity, there was a rerun of Jersey Shore playing in the background. <laughs> okay. That's how you know where I'm from. That's dark. <laughs> so dark. It's dark. It's really bad. It wasn't, it decidedly was not, this woman's <laughs> It was like, cars here, the cars here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like GTL. Is it the car? Is the taxis here? Cabs here. Cabs here. Cabs here. That's what it is. Cabs here. <laughs> yeah, that was that was happening in the background of my <laughs> first experience. Um, but no, this woman's work that was truly gorgeous, and she kept the pearls on. Oh my god! That when when Alfrey said, "I just want you to enjoy being beautiful," because that's all that mothers care about when we're in high school. It's so real. Mm. It's so real. It's like especially if your mother doesn't see you as this goddess. They're like, "Oh, you're wearing a jersey. It's clear that you might not wash behind your neck." Like, I just want you, <laughs> I want you to be a girly girl. <laughs> Just for once. Just be pretty, okay? That's it. <laughs> Just be pretty. But then, like, they did do that classic thing, which I've seen in many movies that I've been watching recently. I watched the movie She's All That a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and Pat Regan was on the episode. And that basically, that movie is famous for, they take her upstairs, they basically take her glasses off, put a little bit of concealer on her, put her hair up in something, and she comes down and she's absolutely stunning. And it's like, Sana, like she gets her like hair done. She puts on a dress, puts these pearls on, and then she's the most stunning girl in the entire dance. She is Sana Lathan. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And it's like, girl, look at her face even one time. You can see all the potential that's there. She didn't need much. She really didn't. And that's no. and that's what it is to be that girl. You know what I mean? It's you it, yeah. it, you can go from you know, a a nine to a 10. That's all it was. A nine to yeah. a 10. <laughs> Sana before the like makeover, it was like her running errands. That's it. Yeah. That was the only <laughs> difference. Her off duty. That's it. But then she goes to the dance and she has to compete with Gabrielle Union, who, by the way, was give- in the da- the dancing between Gabrielle Union and Omar Epps. That was charged. Gabrielle Union was here to give you sex appeal. Well, Gabrielle Union in the beginning has always been mean girl, (laughs) hot girl, girl that's like, who is she? I mean, she's a scene stealer. That's what she does. Yes. And so she Mm -hmm. was laying it on super thick. She was like, oh, a titty might (laughs) pop out. I mean, my hair is bouncing. I'm looking fine. I'm definitely going to drag. I'm going to drag. I'm going in. With the knives, and she did that, and I I love Gab for that. I mean, Gabrielle, like, I, like her dress at that scene at the dance, like the the back of her dress. I was like, first of all, you, her body was insane, and also just like the dress that she was wearing. I was like, this is a high school girl, and then you like flip through your notes, and like, no, of course, all these people were also 26, 27, 28 years old. And I miss the days. I miss the days when us the old people were just like, yeah, we're in the ninth grade. I miss yeah. that. I miss. Wait, was it Cher and Dion? Like, wasn't Stacy Dash? Yeah, wasn't Stacy Dash thirty? She was Clueless? full on thirty or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, twenty eight, I believe. And, and also, Rachel McAdams in Mean Girls was twenty eight when she was playing Regina George. Babe, we could play sophomores in high school, looking like you and I. We could go back there and play sophomores in high school, easy street. <laughs> 
when is my time? When is my time? <laughs> now all of a it's sudden. now. No, no. It's like euphoria. Everybody's got to be so close. They got to be the closest to high school. And it's just not happening. It's just not happening. Even euphoria, though, they're still like 23. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think like Zendaya and Sydney Sweeney are like 23 at least, right? Like, yeah, how yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I'm nowhere near that age. I'm it far. It's far gone. Listen, I'm, neither am I. I I've, I've committed. I've committed to like man of the woods, Matt, these days. You see this mustache. It's really sexy. It re- it works for you. The way I've been eating, I'm committing to thick mat. I, well, the last time I saw you, all I saw was <laughs> muscles and money. That's all I saw. So I don't believe yeah, thick Mac. What is that? You have a you have a you have a, an ass. Well, you've always had an ass. So there's that. Girl, listen. Oh, speaking of ass, we got a good booty shot of Omar Epps in this movie. Ooh, now I I love that he was the heartthrob. He was the heartthrob of the movies, and he deserved. He was so hot. Like, remember that scene where again they're at the dance, and I had I actually had to pause the movie and get up and walk around a little bit after the scene. There's the scene where the song is playing, and they're both dancing with um like she's dancing with Boris Kudjo, who's like so hot, and he's dancing with Gabrielle Union, who's so hot. But then they meet each other's eyes, and there's that moment where they're looking, they're making eye contact during the dance. I was like. Come on, direction. Come on, first-time writer-director Gina Prince-Bythewood. You better find the shot. Gina brought it, and she... It, but it wasn't even hard. Look at everybody on, on camera. They're so stunning. That All you want to do is look. You want to look at them. I have to say, when she was playing in college, and the girl, Sidra, who was like her rival, she was giving me Robin Thede. Was she not? Robin Thede, if she... You know, was almost masculine presenting lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sidra was giving me Robin Thede vibes. I I could see that. It was she did. She did her thing. And I also feel like that it almost felt like she had never acted before. And she was just so natural in a method. Like she just came in like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be got a basketball player. Yeah, they got a basketball player to come in. But I, I liked it. And she did deliver one of the one of the iconic lines of the movie when she goes, these Italian boys love them some black women. Love them some black women. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> but that's merch. That is completely merch, especially for the movie or life, life yeah. itself. When you fly into the Italy airport, the Italy airport, like as if there's not different cities. No, come on, no. And it's like, we love some black women. <laughs> <laughs> With that accent. We love. Yeah. It's got it. You have to make sure that when it's written out, you can also hear how it sounds. Yeah. I also liked that the movie tackled just how big of cheaters NBA players are. Because Dennis Haysbert, who played daddy, sorry, but he was messing around. And this is very real for these NBA wives. But look how sexy he's the, the voice, that voice yeah. that those eyes the, you could take one look at his eyebrows and be like, he's not putting his, he's not keeping his dick in his pants. He's just not. Why would <laughs> no, he? That's, that's the thing is it's like, if you are the wife at that point and you know that man is out being an NBA player going around and you know what you know, and then all of a sudden he's got business here, there, everywhere. It's like, he's not, he's not on the phone making deals. He's in the bed eating puss. Oh no, that man didn't look like he ate chocha at all. He he looked what? like- What, really? No, he looked like he was receiving- <laughs> he looked like such a receiver. He, he he feels like a take, not like not a taker, but I feel like he was doing half of the work. He's not all in because he's got a whole family to think about, you know, and he's 
He's snooping around, cheating around. Like, he's not giving you everything you want and need. Did we ever find out if the kid was his? Like, this woman alleging that it was... I don't think we did. I think, like, honestly, it was pretty much left on the on the floor with him and Omar. And when Omar was like, yeah, I don't fuck with you anymore, he kind of never... There was never really any resolution there. It was just like, nah, I don't fuck with you anymore. You, fuck, you messed around on my mom. Okay, well, it looks like they were in a hotel no condom was involved. It didn't, I didn't see a narrow condom in sight. So I think the baby was no. definitely his. Yeah. Also like the flex of like, I hired someone to take photographs of your father. And like those, the, it's like they were posed in front of the window in order to be photographed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me tell you one thing. If I'm going to be the wife of an NBA player, <laughs> I'm using that good old money for private eye. Okay. I'm, 100%. I'm not doing my own work. Hello. I got to be in the house and like, I have to clean. No, I'm not even cleaning. I'm shopping. That's all I did. Cause he even made that. He even made a remark about, Oh, don't worry. We'll have enough money so that you can be cool. You and you keep that, that ass fine. Yeah. yeah whatever. Like. In that Gucci or whatever. So yeah. Keep that ass fine in that Gucci. And mm-hmm. she was just like, fuck you. Yeah. But I will say she was giving glamorous depression, like drinking a, a stiff one by the pool. Like she, it was giving depression glamour. Been there, <laughs> been there, done that. I said, Hey, hun, I, as a straight woman, Absolutely. I definitely had I definitely had McAllen 25 on the rocks just just on a regular Wednesday, you know, by the pool, by the pool. Yeah. And I love that she was just like, oh, let me hide this by putting it on the ground. It's like, Mama, we see see you. Well, apparently she didn't drink like that. So he said, you know, with the last time I saw you drink, Marvin Gaye died. So it wasn't yeah, her, it wasn't yeah, her yeah. thing to drink. So when she's drinking, it's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> it's a McCall- it's a thick McCallan's too much. Heavy pour. Heavy she pour. didn't understand how much she could she could handle. No, she went in. She put it to the top and she deserves. Okay. <laughs> she put it to the absolute top. So I do have some hot takes, like I said. I go out to this podcast, many fans, and I say, What are your hot takes on this film? And they've come back with some thoughts. EJG says. Monica deserved way better and no way could Quincy ever dunk. And I thought this, you know, one thing about Omar is in the game of basketball, he is vertically challenged. We can say, I mean, Dennis absolutely towers over the boy. You believe that Dennis Haysbert is an NBA player. Mm -hmm. My only thing in believing could Omar Epps go pro, the man is about four foot two. (laughs) He's had, he had lifts on the whole time. He had platform sneakers. (laughs) He's trying to keep up with Sanaa at like 5'10". Yeah, but that's why it's it's a movie. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, EJG. Yeah, and sh- and short men, d- short kings deserve, okay? They deserve their, <laughs> their, their love story. So let him rock, all right? Yeah, let him fucking dunk. You don't know. Maybe his vertical, maybe his jump is absolutely gargantuan. You don't know. You don't. Do you believe that Monica deserved better? Yes, but I also felt like she was emotionally stumped, too. Mm, Like, mm, her communication mm. was a little weird, and she was awkward. And so, yes, she could have gotten a better guy, like, one that, like, just could communicate better. But also, she was bad at it. So, for me, it kind of felt like they were a match. Yeah, honestly, they both were, like, stunted in the same way. Mm-hmm. They kind of remind me of, like, oh, you you guys did meet when you were kids because you're both literally growing up together. Because I'm watching the movie being like, okay, so she has to go back because she has curfew and you're upset. Like yeah. that scene on the bleachers where he was like, I should be alone right now. I mean, I, I can stay a few more minutes. I'm sweating. 
and she has a good reason. She won't be able to start. For me, I was just like, why are you so mad? And then I'm like, oh, right. You're a man. Yep. That's you're, allowed, it. you're allowed to get mad about this stupid shit. But also I was like, why don't you just go back with her? You guys have been sneaking in each other's rooms like forever. What? Why is this going to stop at college? Yeah. Just the amount of times that she was there for him, like allowing him in her bedroom to sleep on the floor when he needed to. And then all of a sudden one thing goes south at college and he's like showing up. and Or no, she goes to meet up with him and he's there with like another date. Another like when they're full on dating. Date. That was really a mess. I'm sorry, Omar. You are not like, yeah, you're good, but not that good. Not that good to, to no. pull up with another woman and just act like, oh, yeah, what's the problem? Oh, yeah, meet such yeah. and such. It's like, what? Are you joking? He's like, about to go get some food. You want to come? Like, no, I don't want to accompany you in this flop. So now I'm demoted to the third? Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's not happening. Why? You see me, right? I'm Sanaa. Yeah, and I'm doing well. Like, I'm, I'm actually throwing three-pointers. <laughs> I'm throwing three-pointers. Why would I go with you? And then he's like, I just took her to Burger King. Okay, so you're scum. That's what you are. So now I need to be yeah, with you. Yeah, well, she said cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that is that your thing, Sana? Is that you coming back hard? No, but it's just like, so you don't even know how to treat the girls. <laughs> now that you left me to go with this girl, you went to Burger King? I hope it was worth it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you showed up and it's the star basketball player of your college mm -hmm. and you're excited? Looks like he can fucking put it down. You're like, I'm excited. I'm going out to dinner with this man. He rolls up and he says, you can have a double cheeseburger. You can get chicken fries. We can go play in the playset. We're going to Burger King. Here's a fucking Coke, not even co Diet Coke, Coke Zero. Here's a regular Coke. And you have to sit there and pretend like you're still horned up for that man, the star of the basketball team. I don't think so, honey. And you know Burger King has so many onions on their burger. Like, your breath is going to so be hot. So many onions. I'm not. Wait, but I do love Burger King. I am worried you're about you. You're a McDonald's you. freak. I'm worried about <laughs> you. I want you to do better. No, I'm a Pizza Hut girl. I love oh, me some Pizza, Pizza Hut, Hut girl. Yeah. Pizza Hut. You, yeah, come on now. I like, I come from a one-parent home. Like, you're not... <laughs> Pizza Hut is going to hit every single time. So Omar could take you to Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. And, and I'd be like, all right. And I'm, I would be like, I'll I'll let you put the tip in. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> just the tip. I'm not into this. <laughs> um, okay, so I have another hot take. Evelyn F. says Tyra is legitimately a great actress. Because you know there is a Tyra Banks cameo in this as the fiance of Quincy, when he's laid up in the bed having torn his ACL and she comes in with her rock. Quincy. Hey, baby. Baby, what are you doing out of bed? And I did love this Tyra performance because I love the choice for her to not see Sanaa in the room until like two minutes into her performance. Like she's like, oh, baby, what are you doing up out of bed? Let me get you in bed. Da, da, da. And then she sees Sanaa who's been standing there the whole time and is like, hello. But you know what? They picked Tyra because she was like a model, Victoria's Secret or whatnot. Yeah. At Sports Illustrated. And it's just like it goes hand in hand. Like you can't have basketball without like hot model girl with, you know, triple D's. Let's go. This is the girl you have to be afraid of. Yeah. She fits the description and she was tall. So it was just perfect. She really came in and she, you know, whatever couple lines she had, she nailed them. She nailed them. And I love that she was she was very good at like having the rock on her finger and being like, look. 
Like she did like that, that like um, new fiance hand very well. Like that, uh, like I'm flexing my fingers in front of you so you can see my big old rock. Oh, my hand is just kind of, li- it's kind of limp. <laughs> you know, I don't have enough strength to hold up the rock. You want to see? And so she did that. And I was proud of her because Tyra, you know, she she is an icon. And I like to see her from yes. the beginning. And that was the beginning. Humble beginning. That really was the beginning. I mean, that was like mid to late 90s. Like that was like Tyra's emergence. That was before we knew Tyra as being Tyra all the things she is. Tyra crazy Tyra. Tyra uh, talk show host. Tyra dancing with the stars host. Tyra America's Next Top Model host and creator. But this is before we fully knew Tyra. But this was just a taste, a glimpse into what Tyra could offer. I only know about Tyra when she's making like cameos on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like that's the Tyra that I remember and love. All those other Tyras, it was just, it was just like, I I can't recollect. No, can't recollect. I can't confirm or deny if I saw those Tyras. (laughs) Um, Here's another hot take, which sort of goes along with the other one. Melanie L says she deserved better than having to convince him to get back with her after all he did wrong. Because truly, she did nothing the whole movie to him. All she did was not stay at past curfew that one time. And he ha- then we have to play a one-on-one game for his heart. I mean, I love the scene. And I love Fool of Me by Ms. Michelle and DeGiocello. But I will say, like, why are we playing for his heart? He should be playing for her. Because uh, he was able to turn it around. You know, it's the transfer of energy. He came to her... Um, when they were in school and kind of like try to fix things. And he was like, actually, I don't want to be together. And then she was like, wait, what? Like, I thought that I had the upper hand and he did the switcheroo, the, sw- the be-ba-ba. He did that to her. And then at the end, she was like, well, I can't shake him. He's He, he is the love of my it life. He is part of me. Yeah, yeah He yeah. is my soulmate. But it's also like, bitch, you ain't never been out. Go around. Go back to Boris Kojo. What are you doing? Why are you waiting? Why are you waiting around for him? He's got a fucked up ACL. Like, do better, babe. <laughs> He's got a fucked up ACL. He can't even put it down. I would say to watch how frigid she was in that scene with Boris Kojo. Like, like I was just like, first of all, she was really laying it on thick in those scenes at the dance. She was like her her shoulders were locked up. Mama was frozen in time. And then when she had to lift her arms to dance, oh, is she going to be able to do it? I was like, she really committed to not being in her body for someone who, as an athlete, is very familiar with what her body does. And we love the juxtaposition. I mean, the range. And also, I could relate to her right now as in, in while I'm in L.A. I'm very, like, stiff and I'm like... Do I belong? I'm, I'm scared. I don't, I don't know. Are you still feeling like that? Yeah. I don't, first of all, I don't know how to drive. And that's one. Oh, it's like I'm not damn. I will never be comfortable in L.A. until I can stop asking people, hey, are you going towards North Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to drop me off? Until then, your shoulders will stay locked. Mm-hmm. And just be like, mm, I don't know if I want punch. Mm. We need you to get behind the wheel of the car. Well, I barely know how to walk without falling, so I just can't imagine how I'm going to be behind the wheel. And nobody else knows how to drive in L.A., so I am scared. 
I'm not gonna lie. I really want I want a reality show which is Sydney Washington learns how to drive. I want Driver's Ed with Sydney. Ah, uh, it's not gonna be good. It's gonna be an L <laughs> for women across the board. They're gonna be an like L for, the, You're gonna set women back. You're set, such a bad driver. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna set them back, and they're just gonna. You've seen me cook before, Matt. So we don't want to see me behind. Yeah, the and wheel. you got there. You got there. I saw you make some mean mac and cheese. <laughs> Yeah, after the fifth try of being in the pandemic for a year and a half, I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> I think I know how to put pasta and cheese together. Hey, 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 mac and cheese is not just pasta not and cheese. Fresh. Yeah, it's okay, not just... Okay, okay, Don't okay. you dare strip it down to the bear. That's not what it is, honey. No, it's it's much more. It's much more. It is. Um, so my, my final my final um, hot take that I have is was really the same one I got. Like 15 people said this. They called this movie their sexual awakening. And I have to say, as someone who discovered this in middle school, just watching them like so like romantically and like intimately like stripping in front of each other. Another great scene in this movie is when they're playing strip one on one basketball in his dorm room. And what are we playing for? I score, you strip. You score, I drop something. Loved that. And then I also love a reveal that a man is obviously packing because. She turns around to pick up the ball, and I guess he's taking off his underwear, and she turns around, and the face she makes is like, <laughs> Yeah, but babe, you already knew that when you lost your virginity to him. Don't act surprised. I know, but it was clearly extra, it was extra big in the moment. The acting, honey. And it's like that, <laughs> you know what? That that checks out because as women, we have to always be like, surprise, surprise. Oh my you have to God. Be like, wow, it's gotten bigger oh since last Oh my God. Are you serious? All for me. Wow. <laughs> you know, gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> Take it all in. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> also, I did think that she did a good job of like, because whenever you're watching a sex scene and it's like a virginity losing scene, I thought she did a pretty good job of her face looked like she was receiving a dick for the first time. Like, <gasps> like there's that like sort of like, I thought she did a pretty good job with that. <laughs> Your I lips want, are pursed. I want to I unsee it, but yeah. <laughs> go off, go off, queen. You did, she did what she needed to do, but I just know that losing your virginity is never going to be that smooth. It's just not. No, no. But they have to make it for the movie. I mean, didn't you just say it's a movie? It doesn't have to be perfect. You're Omar right. Epps can be You're short. Right. Like right. the first time on camera can be absolutely stunning. Okay, don't <laughs> roll back the tapes on me, bitch, with all the receipts. Okay, I said what I said, and I said it 20 minutes ago, and I forgot about it. So you don't need to bring it back. Movies don't have to be perfect, but we can enjoy them. They're they're existing in Movie Magic World. Mm -hmm. And in Movie Magic World, Sana can take her first dick like, oh! <laughs> and then, like, have a wonderful time. Um, but enough with all this straight stuff. I have another segment on this podcast that I call, But How Is It a Queer Narrative? Now, this, Sydney, is where I, over a techno beat, list the ways in which this film is a queer narrative. And then I would love for you at the end to sort of add to this. Do we have my track, Matt? Women's basketball, promiscuity. Having great taste in a sex playlist. Alfrey! Going to Spain, not fucking men. Regina Hall. Slaying with no lines. Being named Sana. Balls. And that is how this movie is a queer narrative. Thank you so much, Matt. <laughs> so, 
I think I kind of got it all, especially balls. Um, being named Sana, I feel is queer. Mm-hmm. Um, Regina Hall, we haven't even spoke about her, but anytime she appears on screen, as well as Alfrey, like it becomes sort of a queer event for me. I mean, she is a gay icon. Regina mm-hmm. Hall being like the hot older sister, cheering in the stands, making the most with the least. What did we think? Uh, queer, queer for me is just like none of the women on her team ever getting fucked. Like, that's just very queer. <laughs> the lesbians never get it. We just never have fun. It's all like, we're just about business. There's no kissing, no hooking up. There's no sexualizing of anything. It's just like, nope, we got our basketball shorts on and we're going to be mean and, you know, we're going to tear some shit up. That's it. Also, like, lesbians didn't even exist in this movie. Like, there was not one lesbian. That was one thing that the movie avoided was, like, tipping the cap to the fact that a lot of these women are probably gay as hell. And then there's, like, that one of the first lines in the movie is Sanaa's like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. And Alfred's like, don't joke like that. And Sanaa doesn't even be like well what if i was she's just like they just continue on with the scene but it was a different time it was a different time for the les for the les they don't they don't let us win and so yeah i saw that i saw that and i i acknowledged it i did i mean asexuality is a part of the queer spectrum and if all these basketball players besides sanat were not getting it in besides miss sidra who was apparently fucking every italian man she saw (laughs) And I could have sworn she was of the same sex persuasion, but Truly. whatever. But we don't know. And it's, you know, it's it's okay in 2020 <laughs> we, we to not, not judge. We don't we don't have to judge. In 2020, we're not judging. And in 2022, we're surely not judging. Oh, no, I'm still in 2020. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but everything has been hitting me hard. And I'm like, oh, we're still in 2020. Nothing good has happened yet. I had never thought about that. I had never thought about it like that, Sid. Maybe we're just still all in 2020. We're, I had never thought about it like that. Yeah, definitely. Just because we can go out and we're doing less Zooms doesn't feel like we're not in 2020. And that is a queer way to look at things. The more you know. The more you know. Sydney, a final question for you. Is all fair in love and basketball? I just want to take the basketball out. I, wanna, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> It is not for me and it's not it's not for most people. And I just if they can just take if they can just erase that the love and yes, it's fair when it's just love and. Honestly, I, I, uh, that is all is fair in love and war. That is a famous uh, expression. But until we can truly learn the rules of basketball yep. and care enough to know, mm-hmm. we'll never know if all is fair in love and basketball. <laughs> I throw my hands up. I say, I don't know. That's it. Is that an I answer? Can I, I throw my hands no, up? No, that is a perfect answer. Technical foul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Matt. Um, someone knows this. <laughs> there's shit. Someone someone was a power forward in middle school and then stopped playing immediately because I was bad. <laughs> mm, mm, you know when to I get out. I didn't like when boys were knocking into me, weirdly enough, for, even for me, a queer. <laughs> I didn't like when I didn't like being like checked. Well, you, know you didn't want to I mean? get hurt because you were like, I know what I'm going to be doing with this face later. So... I was like, setting a pick. More like sucking some dick. Hey! Hey! Merch. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) And that's how you know we've reached the end of this episode of HBO Max Movie Club. Sydney Washington, thank you so much for joining me for this app. Love, love, love. (laughs) Love, love, love. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. Come back in two weeks where we'll be celebrating Labor Day by talking about 9 to 5 with Louis Vertel. I guess I must have made a mistake. Oh, You steal the wrong body from the hospital and all you can say is I must have made a mistake? 
Be sure to send in your hot takes on this movie and all things Dolly Parton to at HBO Max Movies on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for joining the HBO Max Movie Club. The movies we talked about today are currently available on HBO Max. Check the show notes for exact streaming dates. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed our show, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might get your podcasts. HBO Max Movie Club is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by me, Matt Rogers. Our executive producer is Matt Stillo. Our producer is Sierra Kaiser. And today's episode was written and researched by Kate Voss. Thanks, everybody. 